Happy 2021. Today we are continuing the first series of the new year from the heart. We've had some great messages so far in this series. Pastor John and Dee kicked things off all the way from the UK. Two weeks ago, Pastor Paul shared from his heart what God has been speaking to him lately. And last week, Jessica Morgan, who is just brilliant, gave us a glimpse into what God has been laying on her heart during the last few months as she's navigated this pandemic. If you've missed any of those messages, I highly recommend you go back and check those out. Today, I am honored to be a part of this series for the opportunity to share with my Circle IXE family what God has been laying on my heart recently. A couple weeks before Christmas, I was having lunch with a friend. And as we parted ways, I noticed a person from the corner of my eye. And I didn't think much about it, and I kept walking towards my truck. And as I got closer to it, I noticed something that in some ways I wish I didn't see. I watched her pull a frozen ham sandwich out of the snowbank and then examine it if it was good to eat or not. And as I got closer to my truck, it was obvious to me that our paths were going to intersect. And they did. She approached me and asked me the question, do you have any change? I don't know about you, but this question always creates a massive internal battle for me. I'm not sure what goes on in your heart when this question is posed to you. But for me, this is a, there is a strong internal conflict that happens within. One side of me pulls towards selfishness. It's my money, or I'm going to be late. I don't have time for this. I'm, like I'm often in, a, in too much of a hurry to stop. And then there's thoughts like, are they going to use this money for food and to help themselves? Or are they going to use it for a destructive addiction? And yet another side of me desires to show compassion, care, and help for the person. And in the midst of this wrestling, there is yet another part of me that's wondering, how can I really even help? To be honest, when I'm asked for change, I, like, I rarely have any on me. And even deeper within me, I'm ashamed to say that I hold my own, this tension of my own prejudice and preconceived ideas of their story and situation. That afternoon, the struggle was real as I began to consider my options. This is a constant struggle for me, friends. These moments of struggle seem to be a deep conflict for me as a follower of Jesus. I remember another time, the morning of my wedding, it was, this is one of the clearest memories I have of that day. I was driving into the city with my brother and we saw someone standing at the end of a boulevard with a sign asking for spare change. Again, the struggle rose up and I remember the conversation in the car on the way to the church of the tension we felt in our hearts. This might just be me, but when I find myself in these situations, there is this conflict that goes on in my heart every single time. Do you have any change? This is what she asked me in that parking lot. And my answer to her question was no. Not because I was unwilling to spare any, but I simply didn't have any. She followed up quickly. Do you have anything to eat? Do you have anything to eat? Here's where the tension gets even stronger for me. As a follower of Jesus, the words of Jesus echo so loudly in my mind when I'm confronted by these kinds of questions or situations like this. 
So for like example, Matthew 25. Jesus is giving me as one of his followers a pretty clear instruction. In this chapter, he gives us this picture of when he comes into his kingdom. He gathers all the nations together and then he then begins to separate them. In his words, the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. I know it's strange, but he goes on to speak to both groups around the same issue. He says to those gathered on his right, the sheep, to come, you are blessed, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you. Why? Well, because for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Now, those gathered on the, on the right asked, When, Lord? When did we do these things for you? He continues in verse 40 to say, The king will reply, which is Jesus, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. He then addresses those gathered on the left, the goats. And they aren't there because they're the greatest of all time. His response to them is harsh. Rather than an invitation to come and a blessing, it's a command to depart, to go away from him. And from his contrasting response to them, it's pretty obvious that these two groups are separated by action and inaction when it comes to serving the poor and oppressed. So when she asked me, do you have anything to eat? Jesus' words echoed in my head and in my heart because I don't want to stand in front of Jesus at the end of my life and have him ask me, why didn't you give me something to eat? But even with these words from Jesus and his calling that he has for me as one of his followers, I find myself struggling to do what I know he's called me to do. And I don't know if this is something that you've ever wrestled with, this tension, this inner struggle. But this is something that's been on my heart lately, especially now because I know there's so many people in our city and even in our community that are in desperate need of help during this season. This virus has affected us socially and physically, yes, but many have experienced and been affected financially to the point where it is possible that more and more people will be living below the poverty line in 2021. And whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, the need in our city is becoming more obvious each day. There is a need in our city that I believe we all need to take notice of and try to make a difference. But for me, even with that knowledge and the words of Jesus, I still find myself struggling to help. I found myself struggling to respond to the question, do you have anything to eat? I know that when I take a step back and reflect on this, I know that it has everything to do with the condition of my heart. And if this has been the tension that you've had, or even like let's flip the question to be self-reflection. If I was to ask you the question, how have you helped the least of these, those that are in the greatest need lately, would you have a recent example or any example? I think that this has to do with the current condition of our hearts. Now, my goal today isn't just to confess my struggle to you or to make you feel bad about yourself. That's not my motive. 
But I do want us to notice and take a moment to pay attention to the struggle and the tension we find in our hearts. Not only because those of us who call ourselves Christians have a clear mandate and calling to care for the poor, but also the struggle of our heart reveals something about us. So what does this tension or this struggle reveal about the condition of our heart? I want to suggest today that this struggle and tension has the possibility, if not examined, to harden our hearts. The author of Hebrews writes, as has just been said, and we'll talk about that in a moment, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. There's a lot to unpack here. But the thing to note is that the author of Hebrews is warning us that the hardening of our heart is not only possible, but that we are in danger of having it happen. So let's unpack this passage a bit. It was written to early believers about the potential danger, and he does this by referencing a previous incident where God's people hardened their hearts and decided to live their own way. He references this back in verse 7. He says, So as the Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. The author is reminding the reader of Israel's time in the wilderness after they left Egypt something that they would have been really, really well-versed in. He's reminding them of a long story riddled with the hard and wandering hearts of God's people. And he does this in order to caution them against the hardening of their hearts in two interlinked directions. The hardening of our hearts towards God and the hardening of our hearts towards others. So let's look at these two directions closer. The first direction, towards God. I don't know what this season has been like for you, but for many, it's been incredibly hard. Friends and family have been lost. Jobs have been lost. A steady income has become a constant worry for many. Some of you have really struggled with mental health or the breakdown of relationships. Some are carrying the heavy burden of isolation, being unable to see friends and family. There have been a whole host of reasons that this season has been particularly difficult. Perhaps you turn on the news and you see so much division around us and the pain associated with it. There may be a whole host of other things that are unrelated to these things that we can't even begin to imagine. Maybe all of this started long before COVID ever happened. But when you take a step back and you think about all of this, maybe you've become angry with God or you're beginning to close your heart towards him during this season. Where is God? Why is he allowing all of this to happen? Why isn't he doing something about this? Why isn't he doing something about my situation? Perhaps you're beginning to think he's uncaring, aloof, or maybe that he's not really there. My plea to you today is, do not harden your heart towards God in this season. God is still very much there, even now, 
This is exactly what Pastor Paul was talking about two weeks ago. God is so close, even now. The hope of Jesus is that our God is right there in the hardship. So please do not let your heart become hard. Ask God to reveal where he is at work in your life. Ask him to comfort and protect your heart during these difficult times. If you've been struggling during this season and you feel your heart becoming hard, we would love to pray for you. So please reach out to us in the chat. We would love to do that for you today. Do not let your hearts become hard. With this, he with this warning, he is also cautioning us as his followers to not let our hearts become hard. He writes, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Now, sinful here simply means doing something you know is wrong. The hardening of hearts can happen when we do something that we know is wrong. When it comes to the condition of our hearts, we must recognize the pull towards doing what we know is wrong or avoiding what we know is right. That's the tension I, you, we feel. The pull is so strong and real. God calls us to guard our hearts from going astray, from wandering off, from living according to our selfish desires, and focusing on ourselves. When we allow our hearts to go astray, meaning we let selfishness and sin take root, we will inevitably make our hearts hard. And church, when we live selfishly, when we let sin take root, we harden our hearts towards God. But the good news is that God is in the business of restoring hearts. There is forgiveness for sin. And in our church language, we call it repentance. That is turning away from the bad stuff and turning towards God. If that is something that you've been wrestling with and that you want to do today, we would love to pray for you. So please connect with one of our hosts in the chat. We would love to pray with you for you. It is crucial that we recognize the condition of our heart because the psalmist says everything we do flows from it. So guard it. Keep it from becoming hard because it will inevitably affect our relationships towards others. And that's our second direction. I heard a quote a couple weeks ago that's really stuck with me and has been really challenging me to examine and address the condition of my heart. Jackie Pullinger, who at the age of 21, purchased the cheapest ticket she could find for a ship that was visiting the most countries. And as she went, she began to pray which country God was calling her to. She arrived in Hong Kong in 1966 at the time when the Cultural Revolution in China was just beginning and refugees were flooding across the border into Hong Kong. Jackie spent nearly half a century there working with prostitutes, heroin addicts, and gang members. An amazing act of sacrifice and commitment. She stated that God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. The trouble with so many of us is that we have hard hearts and soft feet. God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. This quote has really challenged me 
because this is the desire of my heart, to have a soft heart and hard feet. I want the condition of my heart to be soft. A soft heart is a heart of love and compassion. Over and over again, when I read the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' life, Jesus is looking at those around him and he has compassion on them. And when Jesus looked around and had compassion on the people he saw, he healed them. He valued them. He welcomed them in. And he gave them something to eat, which is the ultimate act of hospitality. An act that says you are seen and you are wanted, not rejected. And think about this for a second. This includes us. God has compassion on us in whatever state we're in, in whatever state our heart is in. God has compassion on us. This is so liberating and freeing. It is such good news. So, do you have anything to eat? That was the question that was hanging heavy in the air in that parking lot. I share this today with you from my heart because the struggle was real. The tension was so real. The assumptions, the condemnation, and the mercy and grace were all in a real struggle in that one moment. Longing for a soft heart while battling the temptation of a hard heart. And my friends, the only solution is to ask God for my heart to be softened. To ask God to soften my struggling heart. The only way for a heart to be softened is for it to be broken. I want to share with you today from my heart that I want to be the kind of person who is always asking God to break my heart for those around me. And I know this is not an easy process. There is absolutely a cost to this. There is definitely a lying down of self. The goal and the hope is that I love people like Jesus does. And isn't that what the church is all about? Learning to be like Jesus and how we treat one another? Isn't that what you want to be a part of? I want to be a part of a church where our hearts are broken for those around us. That I would be, that we would be the kind of people that show compassion to those who need it. In order to be that church, to be those that are gathered up on the right, we must have soft hearts. But as Jackie Pullinger says, the trouble is that so many of us have hard hearts. So let's pray for this. Because God can and desires to give us a new heart. Hearts that reflect his. As individuals, we must have our hearts broken by Jesus because that's the kind of church our world needs right now. A church with a soft, tender, compassionate heart. And here's the amazing part. When we ask God to soften our hearts, we change. It's as if we were born anew. And when you've had your heart softened by God, you will almost naturally begin to show love and compassion towards others. As the psalmist says, everything we do flows from the heart. Your relationship towards your family will change. Your relationships towards your friends will be transformed. How you see and care for the poor will be changed forever. And how you see your critics or those who you're having a hard time getting along with will be transformed. The softening of our heart changes all these relationships. So we must ask God to soften our hearts. 
that's, if that's your prayer, can we pray for you? Would you reach out to us? We would love to pray that with you. The other issue Jackie Pollinger addresses is, is that so many of us have soft feet, which simply means that we sometimes lack the ability to do what love requires of us, especially when it's hard. Nikki Gumbel, the creator of Alpha and a huge hero of mine, says that a soft heart must lead to hard feet. With God's people prepared to act on behalf of the poor and the vulnerable, to fight against injustice and stand up for the oppressed. As followers of Jesus, we must work towards the hardening of our feet, not the hardening of our hearts. Because when our feet are hard and our hearts are soft, that's when we begin to build the kind of world that God intended. That's when we begin to see the kingdom of heaven touch down on earth. Soft hearts and hard feet transformed the world 2,000 years ago. It crumbled an empire. It brought about education, hospitals, and dignity and rights for all people. It took time, absolutely, and sometimes far too long. But it took a lot of hard feet and soft hearts. And I know that we can do it again, church. So the question, do you have anything to eat? In that moment, I recognize the constant battle I experience within me against the hardening of my heart and the work that God is doing in me of softening my heart. I also now recognize the call towards working towards the hardening of my feet, doing what love, doing what Jesus requires of me. So, do you have anything to eat? I said no, but let me help you anyways. Because in this process of softening my heart and hardening my feet, I've agreed to never let me lacking what they need in that moment stop me from serving them because I'm serving Jesus. So I went back into the restaurant. I got her something to eat. We chatted briefly and that was it. It didn't have to be complicated. Even in the simplest acts, we can make a big difference. But also those simple acts make our feet a bit harder and our hearts a bit softer. I've been so encouraged by others in our community who have shown evidence of soft hearts and hard feet. We've posted a couple of them on our social media in December, and I am so encouraged. When our hearts are soft and we work towards the hardening of our feet, we can bring real change into the lives of those around us. And if you're not sure where to start today, pray. Pray that God reveals the needs of those around you. And I'm more than certain that he will. Another thing that you can do is contact us. We work with some amazing partners in our city, our Impact YXC partners, who are doing some amazing work with people in serious need. If God has been laying this on your heart, we would love to help connect you to them. But pray, because we trust God reveals. We know that God is already at work and he is simply asking us to join him in that work. And by doing so, we gain some hard feet, but we also make our hearts soft. I want to end this morning with another quote from Jackie Pullinger, who found herself in an area of Hong Kong called the Walled City, which at the time was a high-rise slum of drug lords, gangs, and prostitutes. She said this, I love this dark place. I hated what was happening in it. 
but I wanted to be nowhere else. It was almost as if I could already see another city in its place, and that city was ablaze with light. It was my dream. There was no more crying, no more death or pain. The sick were healed, the addicts set free, and the hungry filled. There were families for the orphan, homes for the homeless, and new dignity for those who lived in shame. I had no idea how to bring this about, but with visionary zeal, imagined introducing the walled city people to the one who could change it all, Jesus. This is the kind of city we help God usher in when our hearts have been softened and our feet hardened. When we begin to, we begin to help God usher in a city ablaze with light, we begin to see hev- the kingdom of heaven break in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you do the tough work of softening our hearts? And Lord, would you break our hearts this morning for those who you're calling us to serve? Lord, would you do the tough work of taking hard hearts and making them soft, Lord? Would our hearts look like the heart of Jesus? And Father, this morning we ask that you would continue the work of hardening our feet, God. That we would be a people that would do what love requires of us. So Lord, we pray this morning, would you soften our hearts and would you harden our feet? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.